Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. I'm your host, James Vickers. You can reach us on the show on our Twitter page, which is at Championship Pod. And you can follow me on my personal Twitter page, which is at underscore James Vickers. Hi, uh, yeah, it's Kevin Markey, editor of Leeds United Mad website. Um, also, Twitter, uh, Leeds United underscore Mad. And um, also, I appear on Proper Sport Radio on occasion, including this Wednesday, uh, 7.30 in the morning. Uh, it's called the LS11 podcast, um, and they also do other live sports shows and podcasts as well. Hello, I'm Simeon Pickup. I'm the editor of the Tarvest End Reading website and podcast. Uh, we cover every Reading game. We've got analysis, opinion, all up there. So follow me on Twitter at SimFromBucks and us on Twitter at the Tarvest End. Yeah, cheers for joining me this evening, guys. We'll start with you first, Kev. Obviously, the, the Friday night game this week was a top-of-the-table clash between Leeds and Middlesbrough. We had Catherine on last week who said that she was quite optimistic with Middlesbrough this season, and obviously Leeds had been flying so far under Bielsa. Obviously, a lot of possession for Leeds. Didn't sort of get the goal that they probably deserve, looking back on reflection. How did you see the game going, and... Did you think Middlesbrough were there for the taking, or are you sort of happy with a point against a fellow team at the top of the table? Well, first of all, yeah, 35,000 for a Friday night game on TV is a brilliant attendance. The atmosphere was absolutely amazing, helped by the big Middlesbrough away following as well, to be fair. Yeah, um, obviously Tony Pulis is a, a canny uh, coach. He's kept four clean sheets with his team since that opening day fixture against Millwall when they drew 2-2, looking to get a point uh, that day. But ever since then, he's got the sort of really tight at the back so it was no surprise really that they had 11 men behind the ball for a lot of the game we found it hard to break them down a lot we were missing Pablo Hernandez one of our sort of key players that opens up uh, defences such as Middlesbrough's on occasion obviously we missed them a lot on Friday so yeah not a surprise it was nil-nil uh, we, we've averaged sort of two goals a game nearly uh, this season in the league you know, it's, maybe it was a bit of a surprise we didn't have more chances but like I said it was hard to break down on the defence that was very efficient so I think most fans coming away from the ground would have been happy with nil nil I included me as long as we didn't lose we're still top of the league on goal difference going into a, sort of a two week break and uh, I think most fans were quite happy with the point so yeah um, as long as we were uh, unbeaten what in August um, four wins two draws Somebody said we'd get that back in May, June. Um, you probably would have been locked away somewhere if you'd have suggested we were going to be unbeaten. Uh, but Bielsa is doing a great job, and uh, long may it continue. Yeah, obviously you mentioned about Hernandez there being a big miss for you, and sort of watching the game, you sort of looked like you were missing that creative spark that he provides. Obviously, 
I can't let the uh, the opportunity pass to mention the Tuesday night game where we uh, we luckily beat you in the cup, having played the majority of the game with ten men. Yeah. Are there any players sort of from that rotated team that you can see coming in, potentially breaking into that starting eleven, or even replacing Hernandez sort of in the short term while he's out? Or is yeah. there anyone sort of that you've seen who's who's really making a claim? Because it's been quite a settled side over the the first yeah. few weeks of the season. Hasn't made many changes. To be fair, I mean Cooper was uh, hurt in the warm up against Swansea. Otherwise, that would have been the same team again. But. Uh, Shackleton stepped in then, then uh, Janssen stepped in for Shackleton and Norwich. There's only been two changes, really. And Hernandez made it three on Friday when um, he, he had to make way for Harrison came in. So, yeah, I mean, pa- Pablo is a creative force, but there's 40 games to go now, James, and it's going to be... Everybody's going to get a chance in this in the squad. But he, I think he likes to have an 18-, 20-man squad for the season. He doesn't want too many players around really, he wants to have a tight-knit sort of team, the Elsa that I'm, I'm talking about now, he, that's the way he sort of operates, and um, yeah, he's used everybody um, that he wants to use at the moment, but obviously, like I said before, 40 games to go, I mean, Bamford's going to get his chance chance eventually, he came on literally for the last few seconds on Friday and hardly touched the ball, so there's no, you know, he couldn't really turn the game around at all and as such. But everybody else, I think, will get an opportunity to get into the team. And obviously, we've got Easy Brown in now on loan from Chelsea, uh, who should be fit in a few weeks' time. And he, he looks a really good player that could um, maybe change games that Friday, really, with little flicks and um, you know the, the tricks that he's got in his, in his locker. So he's, he's, he's an exciting signing for the remainder of the season. Yeah, and from there, we move on to the, the Saturday games, and we'll come to you first, Simeon, and we'll, we'll touch on the Reading game first. Unfortunately, the sort of the troubles continue, a 2-1 home defeat to Sheffield Wednesday. Can you sort of point a finger on what's wrong at the moment, and do you expect Paul Clement to turn it round? I know there was a few reports that he'd been sacked sort of after the game yesterday, but it looks like he's sort of still here for sort of the time we're recording it. Where does he go from here, sort of over the international break and beyond? I don't know, to be honest, because at the start of the season, the first couple of weeks, we'd I wouldn't say we were playing particularly well, but we were doing pretty well. We were putting in decent performances, just getting edged out each week, really, um, doing some of the basics a lot better than we had been last season, defending a little bit better. The attack was looking a little bit more promising. But just in the last couple of weeks, really, we just seemed to really just started to collapse, to be honest. The confidence is going, the, um, any kind of cohesion or concentration is just just going at the moment um and it really um really looked pretty horrifying on saturday to be honest some really bad um school ball schoolboy errors against sheffield wednesday um the first goal in particular um adam reach having acres of space on the edge of the box had just slot it home from the edge of the penalty area really basic defensive errors that we need to cut out and then conceding about 15 seconds, I think it is, in, into the second half, um, just kills us, to be honest. And I know we get that that goal to half the deficit later on in the second half, but even with that, there's no confidence there. There's no sense from the home crowd that even though we're just a goal down, we can get back into it and uh, and actually get back and get an equaliser. And to be honest, the, the mood around the whole club has been just so down all this calendar year. We've only had three wins in the league in the entire 2018. 
So it, it just feels like we're so far away from getting a from getting a win. Even if we're not that far away on the score sheet, we've only been edged out by the odd goal here and there. But it just feels like whatever game we're playing, whoever we're going up against, we're always going to lose. Yeah, obviously, we go into the international break now. So has it come at the right time from a reigning perspective? Is there sort of, obviously, there's work to be done over the international break, but how do you sort of expect that to go? And obviously, your next game is away at Preston, who, you know, we've got off to quite a poor start as well. Do you expect sort of changes to be made or would you stick with the same personnel that, that played the Sheffield Wednesday game? To be honest, there's not many kind of obvious changes we can make at the moment. There's not um, anyone really making a, a claim that they should be coming into the starting eleven. We brought in uh, Saeed Ezzetalahi on loan from SD, FC Rostov on, on loan deadline day on Friday, which is a bit, of, a bit of an odd one. He's a very unknown quantity. He's not played in English football yet, but apparently impressed for Iran at the World Cup and a very um, highly rated guy. So if he can come in over the international break and hopefully meet his teammates and get adjusted and settled in, then hopefully he can add more presence and more quality to the midfield, which we've really lacked in the opening weeks. We've had a few players who can kind of work hard and stick in a few tackles, but you need a player, especially in our four four two, who can do everything, who can win the ball and then distribute it a lot more effectively than people like David Myler can do, who had a bit of a, a shocker on Saturday. It's... um. It's good to have a, a winnable game right after the international break. I know it's uh, uh, we've not had the best form in recent years going up to Preston, but it's a match that I, I think we can win, to be honest. So it's uh, it's good to have that one uh, to look forward to. Yeah, I think definitely on our performance yesterday, especially sort of just before our time and second half, it's a definite winnable game for you. And sort of to, to touch on the Preston game, you know, to go 2-0 up in a local derby against Bolton, who have had quite a good start to the season, probably one of the surprise packages so far over the course of the, the opening few weeks with sort of how high up they are. You know, I think they're a point off third, which, you know, great start for them. But to go 2-0 up at home inside the opening quarter of an hour, absolute goal of the season contender from Alan Brown. And if you haven't seen it, definitely recommend going watching it. Sort of takes the ball down on his chest on the edge of the box and sort of swivels and hits it into the top corner with his weak foot. So to go 2-0 up, you know, that kind of goal, opening 15 minutes, you've got the crowd on your back, especially following up after the the good win away at Leeds in the Cup on Tuesday night. To, to put in that kind of performance, especially just before our time, you know, two goals up, inexcusable really to go in at half-time equal and then there was just no fight or anything in the second half. It was... Bolton's game to be won to be honest and you know there's real sort of pressure on the club now there's a lot of unrest with the fans about a lack of spending we've sold two players over the last six months and you know 14 million in for them and none of that's been invested back in the playing squad and Alex Neal's made it perfectly clear that he needed another striker especially in the loan window and apparently was blocked by the owner from bringing anyone in which you know I find a bit ridiculous and if it carries on much longer, you know, you look at where you like the Stokar and people like that down in the league and think, you know, if, if they change manager, surely one of them's going to come calling for, for Alex Neal, who's quite a, a highly rated manager in the division. And I think, you know, the international break, same as you, Simeon, has come at the right time for us. And something needs to be done because, you know, all's not right. Um, 
Don't get me started on Ben Pearson's red card at the end as well after the full-time whistle had gone. Um, I'll <laughs> sort of save my opinions on that because he's uh, not my most liked player at the moment. But yeah, I think changes to be made for us and obviously that Preston Reading game after the international break, even though it's still early in the season, is you know a massive game for both teams now and sort of both teams needing a win so no doubt it'll be a, a draw um, obviously I know you'd be happy with the points at the moment Simeon but if sort of we're to, to challenge for the playoffs this season you know he's really looking like we're a way off at the moment so there's definitely work to be done but to move into the, the Saturday games sort of as a whole um, I'll come to you first Kev uh, the first game sort of on my list there Birmingham QPR Obviously, two teams that are down at the foot of the table at the moment and both really needed a win. And Birmingham played Swansea the other night. I remember watching them on the Friday night game and thought, you know, they were good going forward, but just yeah. didn't really create that clear-cut opportunity to get the goal. Do you see them struggling this season the same with QPR who've taken sort of a few batterings over the course of the few we- uh, the opening few weeks? I don't, uh, I don't think so. I think Gary Monkle, uh, he's got a decent squad there. I think he'll get them farming eventually I mean the only three teams haven't got a win yet and that includes Birmingham but um, I'm sure he will sort of change things around I mean um, they were expected to beat uh, QPR I suppose because they had that horrific civil defeat in West Brom a few weeks ago but to be fair to them they bounced back with uh, a couple of clean sheets in the uh, championship so even though they bought two strikers in and haven't really changed the defence much but they've kept two clean sheets so Maybe it wasn't a massive surprise that it was a, a, a nil-nil, but so Gary Monk, uh, he, he did a decent job at Leeds, to be fair, before he left, and um, he's got a good coaching squad there that he had at Leeds as well, so I'm, I'm sure they'll change things around um, in the next sort of few weeks after the international break, and I can't see them sort of being in the bottom half for too long. Yeah, the same to you, Simon, about this game. Obviously, two teams that are around the foot of the table with you at the moment. Sort of looking at them and sort of how they're getting on, do you... Does that give you enough hope that Reading sort of have the quality to get out of it, or do you expect yourself to be down there with the likes of Birmingham and QPR over the course of this season? It's a long season, to be honest, and I've seen teams in much worse uh, scenarios than we are at the moment really just click at one moment and really push up to the, push up the table we're not not a huge distance away from getting that first win that first win but I think when we do just edge a, a 1-0 or get a 2-1 here or there we can really put together a run and we should be able to get up the table a little bit yeah, and that moves us nicely sort of onto the, the next game that I've got on my rundown sheet. Obviously, the majority of the games were on Saturday this week, and two teams that have been expected to do well this season. Obviously, Nottingham Forest drop into their first defeat of the season. At the hand, Brentford, who I think many people are going to tip to be the dark horse for definitely playoffs this season. Um, obviously, Nottingham Forest had drawn their opening games and, you know, really need, especially with the money they've spent, to start putting wins on the board. So to go to Brentford and, and lose 2-1, disappointing for them. It was uh, a goal sort of with about five minutes to go from Ollie Watkins that won it for Brentford. Um, I'll come to you first, Kev. Obviously, been up at the top of the table at the moment. Do you see Brentford as a rival for sort of automatics or playoffs this season? I think so, yeah, because obviously they've been up there or thereabouts for the last sort of few seasons and... Uh the dark horses every year aren't they really because even though he loses his top uh, players he always brings somebody in and they become 
you know, really good in the, in the team as well. And um, they're always a side that everybody else is looking at to see who can maybe pinch for their own team. And I think Ollie Watkins is probably one of the, one of the best um, players in the division, really. I mean, he's absolutely uh, first rate. Every time you see him, He's always putting on a, a, a decent performance. He got the winning goal, obviously, uh, against Forest the weekend. Uh, obviously, Forest were hoping to uh, show that that victory over Newcastle midweek wasn't a fluke. And um, um, like you say, they've spent a lot of money this season. Uh, the pressure is on Karanka to get them promoted, and not not through the playoffs either, probably automatically. So. The pressure is on the guy to get results, but when you come up against Brentford, they don't let you. Uh, they always give you a tough game. We found it hard against them over the last few seasons. So, going back to your original question, I think Brentford will be pushing for a top six players for sure this season because they've still got a, got a great coach in uh, Dean Smith and got still got a great team. Yeah, same sort of question to you, Simeon, for this game, really. Obviously, Forrest got that, that great win in the last minute against Newcastle in, in the Cup in midweek. Was there a sense for you that they've sort of put all their energy into that game and sort of just came up a bit short on Saturday, or do you expect them to bounce back and, and start picking up victories? Yeah, I think they should manage to bounce back over the long term, but as I said earlier, it's a long season, and they've got a very um, experienced manager in Karanka who's going to know how to how to get the most out of them. Having that experience of taking Middlesbrough up before, he's going to be able to draw on that over the course of this season. He's got some really good players at the club, like Lewis Graben that he can call on, and it doesn't have to gel immediately. They don't have to be getting results uh, regularly at the start of the season. As long as they can build up a, a head of steam over the rest of the season, then start getting results really thick and fast um, towards the end of the season, I'm sure they'll be fine. But it's a it's a great start from Brentford as well, who are often underestimated by people, um, considering they're perhaps one of the smaller sides in the division in terms of resources and things like that. But to do so well, especially with signings like Ollie Watkins, who's come from the lower divisions and is doing so well as he did last season as well, I'm sure he's going to have a Premier League future ahead of him, whether it's with uh, Brentford or not. Yeah, I completely agree with you in terms of Watkins. He's one of the players that, you know, always seems to to make the headlines for goals and assists and I think he's gonna have another fantastic season as well this year. And for Brentford, you know, if he can sort of carry on that form, he's gonna be vitally important for them. So the thing with Brentford I've found over the last few seasons is they've played this really good at, sort of attacking attractive football but not really had that grit and sort of resilience really to turn that, you know, good football into consistent victories so to see them fourth at the moment or sorry fifth at the moment um you know only bodes well and i think definitely this season it'll be sort of their time to be definitely in the playoffs and you know who knows if they can keep this run going you know it might take them even further but to move into the next game frank lampard has had a bit sort of a hit and miss start to management obviously they went to Derby on Saturday and picked up a win in, in the last minute I'm not even going to try and pronounce uh, I think jo- Joseph Hoon's name because um, I'll absolutely butcher it which I probably just have done so apologies but how have you sort of made or what have you made of, of Frank Lampard's start to managerial life obviously Derby County a club with a lot of expectation and in recent years have, have just come up short after you know doing well for the majority of the season and they seem to run out of steam and 
sort of your March Aprils and and fall off. Um, sort of start with you first on this, Kev. Do you expect Derby to be in the plus this season, and do you think that Frank Lampard can sort of steer them towards promotion? I think he can. Yeah, I mean Frank Lampard certainly can. See, obviously that's about everybody terms and as, and he's a high-profile uh, manager like uh, obviously Gerard is at Rangers. Um, I think he's learning the ropes a little bit, just like. Um, Gerard in Scotland, really, he's sort of um, found it difficult initially, but they are far from the table now. They seem to be getting some results again. The second time they played uh, home this week, and um, they've come away with two decent victories. And like I say, Josephson, um, the ex-Brentford um, player, scored twice midweek, scored another yesterday. You could say it was lucky because Hull were the better team apparently in the second half, and they were looking. It was them that was seemed to be looking for the winner. So. Fair play to them, yeah, it's great getting last-minute victories in, in any uh, game and obviously if he keeps doing that, Derby will have a decent season but I think once he's settled into his managerial role there at the club I think the results will get better and Derby will be there or thereabouts, I should imagine, by the end of the season. Yeah, and the same to you, Simi, and obviously Frank Lampard's come in and, you know, sort of looking at it from the outside in, fourth in the league, you know, joint third with Sheffield United, he's sort of made quite a good start obviously there was the the game against Reading opening night of the season where they just nicked it at the end and I know from speaking to you you know you thought you'd done enough to get a point from that game do you expect them to be sort of around the top of the table come sort of first of all Christmas and then going into the second half of the season do you expect them to continue this run that they're on I think it's too early to tell really um I, I guess thinking back to Yapstam's first season uh with us when you've got that new manager who's coming into management um, obviously, a very big name in the in the in the sport already. When they come in and really start to do well uh, quite early on, and they get results pretty quickly, it tends to be that kind of keeps going. And that when they're doing well, that new manager will keep on doing well. But as soon as they come up against some um, few problems, then uh, um, it can start to to slow down if they've not got the experience to kind of deal with those. Uh, um, with the problems that come up over the course of the day. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yen. We'll move on to the next game. Another team that I expect to be up and sort of around the top of the table, especially the playoffs over the course of this season, that's Sheffield United. An absolutely fantastic victory against Aston Villa on uh, on Saturday. One that, while I thought they'd do well in the game, I didn't expect it to be as comprehensive as it was. Obviously, 4-1 against an Aston Villa team that, you know, have just signed Tammy Abraham on loan and a team that many people think will be up there or thereabouts pushing for automatic promotion this season. 
Come to you first, Kev, on this. Sheffield United obviously just fell short last season. Do you think that they've got that sort of season of, of championship know-how now? And do you expect them to to make a real sort of solid push for the playoffs this season? Yeah, I mean, I think Chris Wilde is another one of these managers that's he loves the club. Obviously, he's a big Sheffield United man himself. So. I think he will have learned a lot from last season. I mean, they, they weren't far away from the playoffs last season. They sort of uh, faded a bit towards the end. But I think he will have learned a lot from that uh, campaign. And I think uh, Steve Bruce has got to be looking over his shoulder now because uh, obviously he's, he's bringing some big players into the club again now that the, um, the finances have been sorted out and uh, the pressure will be on him, you know, on him now to get a few decent results because... They're languishing sort of mid-table at the moment. And um, I think Sheffield United is another team that will be pushing really strong for the playoffs again um, this season. Yeah, you mentioned there, Kev, about sort of the players that Steve Bruce has brought in. And we'll come to you for your opinion on this, Simeon. Do you think that bringing those players in, obviously there's going to be the expectation there, but do you think Steve Bruce is the right man to take them forwards and sort of get those players playing well and, and start to, you know, climb up the table? Because I think this season, definitely for Aston Villa, especially with the the debacle around their finances over the summer, I think it's a real make-or-break season for mm. them this year. Do you expect them to be sort of challenging for automatic promotion across the course of this season? Uh, it's going to be tough this season because obviously... Um... I think Steve Bruce is the man for the job, but obviously there were talk, a lot of talk about Henry sort of coming in pre-season. They might be looking for a, sort of a Frank Lampard-type sort of coach to come in who can maybe just sort of flash his medals about a little bit and say, all right, come on, this is what I've achieved in the game. Let's let's get you motivated now and see what you can do. So I think the, uh, the jury is out on Bruce this season. Uh, if he doesn't sort of turn things around after the international break fairly sharpish, then I think, yeah, the, the owners could be looking for a Henry-type figure to, to maybe come in, depending on who's available and um, who was around at the time. So, yeah, he could be on uh, last chance saloon, I think, uh, this season if he doesn't get things right soon. Yeah, and we'll, we'll come to you, Simeon, for the next game. West Brom versus Stoke, a clash of two relegated teams from the Premier League. West Brom, you know, picked up the victory. Dwight Gale, who they've got on loan off uh, Newcastle, providing a double for them. Uh, late consolation goal by Eric Peters for Stoke. How do you sort of see both of these two teams faring over the course of the season? Obviously, West Brom have had a, a bit of an indifferent start, 10 points from their opening six games with a few wins and a couple of defeats, whereas Stoke have found it a lot more difficult to adapt to life in the, the championship so far on exactly the same sort of points, goals conceded, record as Preston. And I know that from a Preston point of view, I think we've had quite a disappointing start. Do you expect, first of all, Stoke to to pick up and be at the top of the table? And how do you sort of see both of the, the seasons faring for these two teams? Um, I think particularly with uh, regards to Stoke, there was a lot of talk of them um, essentially leading the table for a lot of the season because they'd spent so much money. They've got uh, some very good players in there already. And obviously, Gary Rowe is a very talented manager as well. But the morale just seems to be um, a bit too low at the club at the moment. It seems a bit um, not quite united. When you have that poor start, it's really hard to kind of really get it back all together and and push up um, the table, especially when you're a, a big club like Stoke and you want to keep them, say, managing Gary Rowett. And I just do just feel they're going to have to, um, if he doesn't start to really pick up soon, they're going to have to 
probably think about bringing in someone else just to, to freshen things up. But I, I guess from both their point of view, it just shows that you can be a really big established Premier League club for, for years and years, and that doesn't give you um, any indication that you're going to come into the championship and, and walk it immediately. The competition is so high at the moment. And just going back to the, um, I think it was the opening weekend when West Brom lost to Bolton in very uh, uh, unexpected circumstances. It's a, It'll be a big shock for these two teams who have been in the championship quite a lot, but not in not in quite a while now. So for them coming down and having quite a, a baptism of fire, it's uh, unexpected for them, I guess. Yeah, you mentioned there two teams that have come down and sort of moves nicely onto the next game and two teams who've come into the division. And while Rotherham obviously lost 1-0 to Wigan in this game, I think both teams, sort of judging by their starts, should, you know, be aiming to stay in the division this season, Wigan especially. Um, I'll come to you on this, Kev. How have you made sort of Wigan start? Do you expect them to carry on their former last season, getting promoted and be sort of fine in the division this season? I think they've had an amazing start, to be fair. I mean, they got that great, great victory at Stoke the other week. Um, and I think they've got the impetus, you know, of a, of a promoted team that sort of is carrying on that impetus into the uh, into the championship. And they're looking a very good team. He's bought some decent players in there. And it was even mentioned on the TV highlights last night that they fancied him to sort of make a push for the playoffs. So that's quite a big statement for a club like Wigan. I mean, they only got just 9,500 for that game against Rotherham, so they'll get massive crowds. But obviously they've got good backers by the sounds of it. So they have, they have been bringing some decent players in. Mingana came on as a sub yesterday. Vaughan came on on scored. Um, they've got a decent goalkeeper, uh, Walton. I think he's on loan from Brighton, I think it is. So they more or less kept the same team that they got promoted with, with these couple of little extra players in that know the championship a little bit. So... I fancied them to have a decent season, to be fair, and um, it's no surprise, really, that the um, the only big surprise so far for this season is that they lost uh, 1-0 at QPR when uh, QPR had that massive defeat at West Brom, so obviously they didn't take advantage there, but overall they're, they're having a, a decent season, and I think, they'll, I think relegation will be a massive worry for them this, this season. Yeah, and to move on to the last of the Saturday games, and we'll come to you for this, Simeon. Swansea played the majority of the game for, for 10 men. Um, Baker Richardson sent off after five minutes for quite a naive lunge on, uh, I think it was James Meredith. So to go 1-0 down halfway through the second half and then you know get two goals in the last 15 minutes shows real character from them. And I think Swansea this year, out of all the, sort of the relegated teams, are going to be one sort of that I'm going to keep an eye on. Obviously, they've got quite a young team sort of looking down at their um their starting 11 martin olsen being the only real sort of experienced player for them um sort of at this level how do you see them getting on this season do you expect them to make a push for the playoffs or do you think with this young squad it's going to take them time to adapt to life in the championship i think it's real testament to the work that graham potter's done that he's managed to come into a club um, that was in a lot of problems on and off the pitch after coming down from the premier league and considering that he didn't have experience in English football himself, to come in and have such a quick start and be just outside the playoffs after only a couple of weeks is real testament to just how well he's adapted and just how well he's um, managed to get them to, to pick up points. Um, I know from a Reading point of view just how hard it is to, to beat a team like Millwall, who we struggled against last season, to be honest. They're a very hard-to-beat team, especially when you 
um, when you play away against them and getting those kind of wins where you just edge them is, at the end of the day, what can separate out teams from um, finishing mid-table or getting into the playoffs. So it's it's very encouraging for, for Swansea, yeah. Yes, so that takes us into Sunday's games and obviously the games that were played earlier today as we're recording this now. We'll start with the, the derby between Ipswich and Norwich. Obviously, the, the points were shared. Edwards scored halfway through the second half before Moritz Leitner, uh, a player that you know I'm familiar with from watching Dortmund. I know Simeon loves when I, when I mention Dortmund. Um, rescuing the point for Norwich. Two teams really sort of over the last couple of years that have, I wouldn't say struggled, but have had underwhelming seasons. They've been sort of in the, the mid-tables, not really sort of threatened by relegation, but at the same time not really making a push for the playoffs. We'll come to you first, Kev, on this, because uh, I wanted to get oh. your both opinions on this. Out of the two teams, who do you expect to have the better season? And do you think playoffs are a possibility for either of them? Yeah, I mean, I love it that it's called the Old Farm Derby, which, you know, is a fantastic title for the game. But, yeah, no surprise it was a draw, I suppose, because Ipswich have got off to a very dodgy start under the new coach, Paul Hurst, but he's learning the ropes a little bit in this league, so I think he'll be OK. You expect Daniel Farker, really, to have, be having a better season, because he, you know, he had his first season last, last the last campaign, and they did OK overall. Um, so you think he would have learned from that, maybe tweaked his team a little bit and they would have been starting the season quite well but they're only literally what two points above Ipswich in 17th place Ipswich 23rd really are struggling I can't see either of them pressing for the playoff positions at the moment unless things change drastically but uh, yeah I think it could be a long old season for for both teams I mean Ipswich were dying to sort of um get a new coach in with McCarthy, but Mick McCarthy sort of leaving. They didn't like his style of play and everything. So I think Paul Hurst is going to, it's going to take him a while to change things around there, really. Well, like I said before, I think Norwich really should have learned from last season a little bit more. Fast got the season under his belt now, and he would, I think you would expect a bit more from him this season. So I think he could be looking, you know, around his shoulder a little bit if, if, uh, if uh, performances don't improve soon. Yeah, and to you, Simeon, obviously Ipswich have brought in Paul Hurst in the, the summer from Shrewsbury. They've given him a little bit of money to spend, but not a lot, and he's really sort of had almost his hands tied behind his back with what he can bring in. He's brought in a few players from the lower leagues. Do you expect them to be fine this season, or do you expect them to be sort of challenging, or not challenging, fighting to stay in the division? I think it's too early to tell, to be honest, at, at the moment, but um, uh, just him coming in after such a, a long period that Mick McCarthy was there. And I know it was uh, not the best time to be an Ipswich fan towards the end of Mick McCarthy's uh, time there. He was, seemed to be very unpopular and obviously the, the football wasn't wasn't great from their point of view, but still there was that stability, that sense that it was Mick McCarthy's job. So for someone else to come in, it's, it's, it's almost like the championship's equivalent of um, Arsene Wenger being replaced or... Alex Ferguson being replaced when there's a manager that's so um, embedded into a club, it's going to be so hard for, for someone else to come in and get results quickly. Um, I think Paul Kirst is a very uh, talented manager. He's, he's earned his place in the championship coming up from Shrewsbury. Um, it's good to, for him, from his point of view, that he's managed to bring in a couple of players from his old club, but it is going to take him time to adapt to the championship and really kind of 
um, learn how it works and, and get them up the table. But at the moment when there's only one point sep- separating them from um, a couple of places above, then I, I don't see much point in them getting too, uh, too downbeat at the moment. Yeah, and then the last game that was played today and the last game of the weekend uh, was Bristol City against Blackburn Rovers. Obviously, Bristol City had that fantastic start to the season last year. You know, they were up challenging for the automatics, but their, their sort of run in the cup really seemed to hinder them after they, they went out to Manchester City. They really sort of struggled to recapture that early season form. Come to you first, Kev, on this. Do you expect them this time round to be a bit more sort of street smart when it comes to sort of pacing themselves over a season? And do you expect them to be sort of in and around the playoff hunt? Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, uh, this proves really that maybe a good cup run doesn't really help when you're trying to get promoted to the Premier League. And it didn't really help Bristol at all last season. Uh, as soon as they got dumped out by Man City, their league form just petered out. I think they only won four of the remaining games that season, which was amazing when you consider what sort of start they got off to. Yeah, today's game was really funny because obviously Mulgrew scored directly from a corner for Rovers and they nearly went 2-0 up through Palmer. So before they'd even equalised, they were going to lose that game as well, but they came back, bounced back really well to get that 4-1 victory. And I fully expect them to be in and around the playoffs, if not automatic this season. Because, uh, like I said, the cup room sort of derailed them a little bit last season. And I think if they avoid such things this season, I think they could have a really good championship campaign because they've got a really strong team. And they've been, you know, even though they've lost a few key players this season, to be fair, um, they still look a very strong team. And I think think they will be, uh, they'll have a very strong uh, campaign again this season. Yeah, you mentioned the cup run there, sort of derailing a season almost, and that's what I'm going to put Preston's sort of portal start down to into the third round of the League Cup. So not a, a cut run per se, but, you know, a, a nice excuse for me to use. And, you know, hopefully we can uh, sort of pick back up after the international break, which sort of moves me on to sort of before we wrap up covering, even though it's a couple of weeks off, our games after the international break. And I'll come to you first, Simeon. Obviously, Preston and Reading play each other that you touched on earlier. How do you see the game going? And obviously, I'd say it's too early in the season for must-win games, but obviously down at the foot of the table, you need to start getting points on the board soon. Um, Preston not in the best of form at the moment do you think that we're there for the taking and do you expect sort of Clement to, to turn it around and sort of come up to Deepdale and, and sort of have a go yeah it really should be a winnable game from our point of view to be honest um, you're not in the in the best of form and um, it should be the kind of game that we earmark as one to, as one to win to be honest but looking at our form at Deepdale over the last couple of years we either get um, battered I think we lost 3-0 a couple of years ago uh, lost one nil there last season as well, so it's it's not a happy hunting ground for us, um, and we really do need to turn that around. Um, I've almost forgotten what it feels like to win a league game. To be honest, um, I've only seen it happen twice in 2018. So um, to go up to Deepdale and to see us beat you for um, first time in quite a while and get a league win in general for the first time in quite a while be a, a very good feeling. Yeah, and 
see Kev leads go down to Millwall, which is always one of the trickier places to go in the the championship. Yeah. I always sort of liken Millwall to how Bolton were back in the day under Sam yeah. Allardyce. You know, a tricky place to go against a, yeah. a really sort of solid outfit. How do you see that game going? Do you expect Leeds to to carry on that sort of fantastic start that they've had? Yeah, I mean, it's a case of deja vu, really, James, because this time last year we were sort of flying high on top of the league again, five wins, two draws. Um, then we, we we met Millwall and they absolutely battered us at the New Den, even though it was 1-0, it could have been a lot more. So every time you mention Millwall, all, all I can hear in the background is that Joe's sort of music about, you know, is it going to be one of these games when we get found out? So Bielsa's going to be, knowing Bielsa, he will have done his homework because he, he watches tapes of all the of all the uh, teams that we play. So I think he will know everything about them. It's going to be our biggest test so far, I think, because obviously Millwall could be one of these games when things do go a bit pear-shaped, like it did last season. We didn't really recover from that Millwall defeat for a number of weeks. So hopefully we'll be um, we'll, we'll be ready for it this time, and that's all you can hope for. And as long as we put in a decent performance, that's all you can um, sort of want, really, because we'll have, we'll have two decent sort of uh, home games after that. Um, to to look at and um, hopefully we can keep the run going. Yeah, obviously you mentioned that home game after that, which is against us as well on a Tuesday night. And mm-hmm. the, uh, the the Tuesday night games between Preston and Leeds over recent years, obviously there was a 6-4 to Preston and then yeah. the 2-0 Cup game. But I'd, uh, I think I'd expect you, especially on our run at the moment, and, and if Reading come and give us sort of a hard game to win that more than comfortably, which I know I'll... Uh, I'll get a lot of abuse for being a Preston fan expecting us to lose, but that's just how good Leeds have been so far. Um, but with that, we're out of time. If you two want to let everyone know any projects you're involved in and any anything like that, now's a good time. But... Yeah, sure. Um, obviously, you can get all my up-to-date news on Leeds United underscore mad. Like I say, I'm on proper spot on Wednesday. Check it on the internet. It's an internet radio station. Can I also just mention, obviously, Leeds fans would hate me for not mentioning this, but Carla Beckyban was on loan at... Um, I think it's pronounced Trabzonspor, the uh, Turkish team. They beat Galatasaray 4-0 at the weekend, and he came on as a sub and scored the fourth goal. So, well done, Caleb. You made yourself a hero with Leeds fans this weekend. I'm Simeon Pickup. I'm editor of the Tyler's End. Um, You can find me on Twitter at SimFromBucks and uh, find our site on Twitter at the Tyler's End. Yeah, and as I said at the start, my personal Twitter is at underscore James Vickers. So you can follow me on there, and I mainly tweet about Preston North End. And more importantly, you can reach us on the show at Championship Pod, where each week the link to each new episode is our pinned tweet. And there's also plenty of stuff to get involved with on there. And I know he doesn't like me mentioning, but Louis, who sort of runs the Twitter for us, is having a road trip across America at the moment. So everyone at the podcast hopes he's enjoying himself and uh sort of when he gets back he'll be picking the twitter back up so yeah definitely give us a follow and uh you'll never miss an episode but with that we're out of time thank you for joining me today guys and hopefully it's not long till we get you on again and hopefully from a preston point of view the next time you both on preston have picked up two league wins against both of your teams so <laughs> yeah um yeah enjoy the international <laughs> break and uh we're, we'll see you after Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.